This episode is brought to you by VinSmart. Need help with your recall campaigns? DMVs, government agencies, fleet owners can learn more by visiting vinsmart.com slash businesses or call 1-888-950-9550. Welcome to AmbaCast, bringing news, information, and expertise to the Amva community. Here's your host, Ian Grossman. Enjoy the show. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the AmbaCast. Uh, this week is a, a rather special episode and a little bit one of a bittersweet, as we are going to be talking to our friend and colleague, Rick Holcomb, the commissioner of the Virginia DMV, uh, who recently announced his retirement. And honestly, by the time you're listening to the episode, he is retired because it was just this past Friday that was his last day at the Virginia DMV. So, Rick, uh, a very special but bittersweet welcome back to the Amvacast. Well, Ian, thank you. Thank you so much. I appreciate uh, enjoy being here. Well, we, we want to talk to you. I don't um, I don't throw words around like this lightly, but I don't think it is it is off base to say you are you are a giant of the AMVA industry, um, whether that is because of your real and meaningful impact or uh, longevity, <laughs> which is also you know not to be, be be taken lightly. So we want to talk to you about your career, both Virginia DMV engaging in AMVA and kind of kind of look look back on it. Um, but I want to kind of start at the end, which is. Why now? You know, uh, after so many years and so much service, um, what's the opportunity that says, okay, this is the time to close that chapter? Well, Ian, as you know, in Virginia, we have a one-term governor. Uh, Mm -hmm. So every four years, we have a new governor that comes in. uh, And uh, quite frankly, it's it's a challenge every four years to uh, sort of learn what the agenda is for the new governor, how you uh, can assist in in, uh, executing it. Um, and so, you know, every four years, it's, it's probably time to think about whether you want to uh, go ahead and, and serve for another. Uh, mm-hmm. But I will tell you, Ian, the, the biggest thing is, uh, and, and I probably can speak for all DMV commissioners uh, across North America, um, these last two years have been extremely challenging. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, you know, now with this uh, Omicron uh, variant, uh, we're, we're seeing double figure uh, infected cases every day. Uh, and it's, it's really been a challenge over the last two years to, uh, you know, to maintain the service level that we've done. And you know, at 69 years old, it's probably mm. time for me just to look for a little bit less stress, yeah. a little slower pace. Um, and uh, that's what I'm, uh, you know, that's what I'm gonna be doing. Great. Well, we're going to learn more about what that means for you in a little bit. But, you know, you talk about a new governor. uh, And yeah, it's always a challenge in that transition. Again, you're no stranger to that. Uh, You know, I don't know that we have record books for these sorts of things. But certainly having been appointed by five different governors across party lines, um, if there was a record book, I suspect uh, that that would be in there. Uh, let's go back to the to the first one. If I have my notes right, it was George Allen that started your DMV journey. And I've heard you talk about it, so I know it wasn't something that, you know, you came out of college or your early career <laughs> expecting to be in the DMV world. So, you know, take us back. How does that first opportunity with Governor Allen land on your desk? Well, and, and uh, Ian, I appreciate that. Uh, Governor Allen and I had gone, uh, gone back a, a, a ways. We we're both law clerks and in, in, in federal district uh, court judges uh, for federal court, court judges in the Western District of Virginia. 
so I knew him as a practicing attorney. Uh, I, I later knew him once he was a, a delegate uh, in our lower house uh, in our general assembly. Um, uh, and, uh, you know, he asked me to uh, serve in his administration. And I'll be quite frank with you. Um, when he asked me, you know, Rick, I'd like you to uh, run the Virginia DMV for me. My, my response was, you're kidding. Mm -hmm. uh, because, uh, you know, I really didn't have the confidence that I could get the, the job done, but he did. And so I accepted the job and, and absolutely. And when I, when I started at DMV, all I knew about, about it was how to spell it. Mm. Um, and, uh, you know, the DMV is so complex. Uh, it touches so many citizens. Uh, and quite frankly, I took the job uh, with the full intent that this was going to be a four-year gig for me. And I would go back and find something uh, else exciting to do. Um, and I got bitten by the bug. Mm -hmm. uh, and I never anticipated this would be a, a lifelong career. Yeah. Uh, and it has been. Uh, and... Uh, so yeah, those, that first time I came in, uh, uh, really looked at the DMV and, and you know, how could we do things differently? Back then, the Virginia DMV, you couldn't use credit cards. You, we had staff trained to do driver transactions, staff trained to do vehicle transactions. And you, if you got in the wrong line, because that was the DMV mm -hmm. of long lines, uh, and you got up to the window uh, and you were in the vehicle line, but you were there to do driver, you were sent away. Yeah. Uh, and so I saw a whole lot of opportunities to make uh, DMV more customer service focused. Um, and then we've always been blessed with having just top-notch IT people um, and, and to use IT to really enhance that customer service was, uh, was what I, I, I started uh, with uh, George Allen and continued that throughout the uh, other four governors is, is trying to, uh, you know, because we came up with a philosophy that we wanted to make sure that we were serving customers at a time and place that was convenient to them, mm -hmm. uh, not convenient to the DMV employee. Mm -hmm. um, and certainly the internet gave us so many more tools sure. to be able to be available 24 uh, seven. So, uh, so yeah, I came in as a, a kid, you know, <laughs> wet behind the ears thinking I was gonna uh, save the world. Uh, right. uh, and, uh, and, and really, uh, you know, looked at the opportunity to be a, a public servant uh, and make a difference. And I hope that uh, you know, my legacy will, will say that I did sure. make a difference after 19, uh, yeah. 19 years. So that, uh, George Allen, that was, that was 19 years ago. Is that, yep. is it? The, well, it, it, yeah. I had a little sabbatical in the middle because uh, right. I started with uh, him last, last century in 1994. <laughs> uh, so and, uh, yeah. and, and so early I, 90s, you talk about using the internet early nineties, yes. you come in and that's, you know, people are going, what's this email thing? Yeah. Well, and, and we didn't have it. And, and, right. and he and I remember uh, I was sitting in my desk and someone brought in a file folder that must've been like two inches thick. And I said, what is this? And they said, well, it is a draft response back to a customer who had a uh, issue. Um, and I said, well, why do we have so many different papers? Well, because you have the paper from the person wrote it, their per, that person's supervisor, the supervisor's supervisor, and on and on and on. So I got up and I had the history of every edit that was made to this one uh, you know, letter at that time that we were sending out to a customer. And I said, this has got to change. We got to fix, we've got to fix this. And yes, the internet has given us so many different yeah. tools uh, to make life so much easier uh, for, for our customers. 
So in the early 90s, mid 90s, where you start this before your friend, Governor Allen, that you, you know, clerked with calls you, your plan was what to practice law, that was the trajectory you had you had been on having gone to, to law school. Well, I, I'll, I'll tell you honestly, uh, you know, uh, my last job before taking the uh, before, uh, well, put it this way, I had, uh, I had been uh, deputy general counsel for the Bush quail reelect committee. Mm-hmm. Um, and had already picked out my office in the White House, uh, you know, to be in the general counsel's office. <laughs> Obviously, that election did, that reelect did not go as well as right. I had planned. Uh, so I went back to uh, Capitol Hill and, and worked as chief of staff for a, a member from uh, from Georgia. Um, and then, uh, and then when my my friend uh, got elected yeah. uh, governor of Virginia, and he reached out to me, and I said, absolutely, I would welcome the opportunity. Uh, to return home to Richmond and to serve uh, the citizens of the Commonwealth of Virginia, uh, but but no, I I was you know I I I've had a good plan of being in the White House yeah. uh, on a uh, Bush one uh, second term, and and things just didn't happen the way I, I wanted. Yeah, and return home. So you were born and bred in the in the Richmond area. Yes, sir. I uh, born uh, grew up uh, here. Uh, educated not far out of out of Richmond at Hamden Sydney College and then the University of Richmond Law School. So. So yeah, this was home to me, and and you know, and really meant a lot to be able to come back and and have a job. I mean, what a wonderful job! I got yeah. to drive around the Commonwealth of Virginia to our seventy-five offices. I got to visit, got to taste the wonderful foods. Uh, you know, whether it's seafood, uh, you know, down on on the coast, or or whether it's pork barbecue along the uh, uh, you know along the uh, North Carolina border. Uh, and, you know, and certainly uh, I uh, had a chance to eat a lot of Virginia crab, which I've been trying to introduce <laughs> to Chrissy. Uh, she keeps thinking that these crabs in, in Maryland are so much better, but uh, uh, I will sit, say, tell her it's a tie. Uh, yeah. They're wonderful crabs and people will enjoy g- good crabs when they go to Baltimore uh, the, uh, uh, the fall of this year. Absolutely. I'm not getting in the middle of that debate by any yeah. means. <laughs> yes, sir. So, you know, it's funny, I relate to this idea of, you know, being in that uh, political world with best laid plans that sometimes, you know, don't work out. And then you go into a role thinking it's going to be okay, this is an interesting transition opportunity for me, I'll do this for three to four years, and then all of a sudden it, it, it sticks. Uh, how, that must have been unexpected that that first term ended and he goes, Oh, well, Maybe I am going to stay with this DMV thing. Well, and, and Ian, it, it was because we really did make a difference that first uh, that first four years. Uh, uh, we really we added hours to, to our customer service centers. We cross trained everyone. We started taking uh, credit cards. We started putting transactions up on, on on the web, and we really got so customer focused. We were the first DMV, uh, I think, in in the country to use the queuing system, uh, mm. and. So we eliminated lines as, as everyone knew it. And I said, you know what? This is pretty fulfilling uh, to have this much impact on, on your fellow citizens in, in, the, in the Commonwealth. And I said, you know what? I, I think this might be, be a calling for me. Yeah. Um, and so uh, I continued under Governor Gilmore uh, and then took a sabbatical, uh, mm-hmm. worked up for the American Trucking Association and then was honored to come back and uh, uh, do the job uh, again, yeah. uh, starting with Governor McDonald back in 2010. And, uh, and really, you know, as I said, I, I, it, it's been a calling. Uh, yeah. it, it's, you know, it's, it's been so satisfying uh, uh, to, to really make the lives of, of our fellow uh, Virginians uh, better. 
yeah. as a result of making it easier to get in and out of DMV or not even come to the DMV. Just yeah. stay home, do it on the web uh, and, uh, and go on about your life. So you go into the DMV, particularly in those first seven years, you know, not knowing much, you learn about it. I imagine along the same time, somewhere in there, you see this other acronym you'd never heard before. What is this AAMVA that I didn't know, know exists? Do you remember? Do you have any recollection of the first time that crossed your desk? Well, it, uh, and, and obviously, uh, uh, it, yeah, because uh, I was following an, an icon, uh, Don Williams, uh, who had been a... Uh, uh, a, a an international chair, mm -hmm. uh, and uh, Don did a, a tremendous job. And and I really, honestly, when I first uh, started back here, I was not involved in in AMVA because I really wanted to get my feet wet. I wanted to understand Virginia and what I needed to do. Um, in in fact, uh, I think the first international conference I went to was Fred Porter's uh, out oh, wow. in uh, out in Little Rock, Arkansas. And uh, boy, uh, once I got you know the AMVA you know, uh, once I got bit by uh, the Anva bug, uh, I said, this is pretty darn good. Uh, I mean, I remember, you know, sitting down with colleagues, whether it was Betty Sarian from, mm -hmm. uh, you know, from, uh, you know, Pennsylvania at that time, or uh, Ann Farrow uh, from, uh, mm -hmm. from Maryland, and sitting down and talking about, because you know what, I, I, I was surprised that, gosh, I've got this problem, and I would talk to colleagues, and they say, well, we had that too, and here's how we resolved it. Mm -hmm. uh, and the interchange, the networking uh, that AMVA provides uh, for folks uh, has been tremendously invaluable. Um, and so, so yeah, for, uh, for sort of the latter part of that seven year, of the, of the first seven year term, I was uh, very much involved in AMVA. Uh, always probably took more than I gave. Uh, I'd go to a conference and I would learn uh, things to do. We'd come back and implement it. Uh, Certainly, my second term in uh, uh, my second uh, trip uh, in, in this uh, job, um, I, I got involved in the leadership of AMBA. Uh, yeah. uh, but, but I will tell you, Ian, uh, I don't know how someone can do this job uh, without AMBA. Uh, and, and uh, you know, not only the networking and hearing from your colleagues what they're doing, uh, but just the staff resources. Uh, you know, to be able to have you and your team, uh, because there's so many times that we want to get legislation to let us do something. Mm -hmm. uh, and so we go to AMVA and say, you know, run a survey for us. Tell us what other states are doing in this area and what they're finding uh, makes sense and what doesn't make sense. So, uh, so no, AMVA, uh, I have never uh, questioned, uh, you know, our dues or the fees that we pay <laughs> because we always get back so much more uh, than, than we put in. Uh, and if through my leadership role, uh, I've been able to, uh, you know, to move the uh, association forward, uh, that's a tremendous legacy for, uh, you know, for, for me. It's a, it's a huge legacy. And it's a huge impact. I think one of the other things that I think some of us observed and we curious your thoughts about it is it's not only been your direct involvement, but your involvement has served as a model for so many others of the Virginia DMV that have been able to engage in regional boards, working groups, committees. Um, and so it's not it's led by the example of the chief administrator, but as it cascades down, as uh, you know, how you've seen that impact and change your team. And, and, and uh, absolutely, uh, you know, I have, you know, I drank the Anva Kool-Aid back in the 1990s, <laughs> uh, and uh, you know, and I came back and and shared that 
Um, and so, you know, we always had large uh, contingencies of, 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 of Virginia DMV folks at, at conferences. Uh, and absolutely, we, we got people involved. Uh, I know every time you posted a vacancy on a committee <laughs> or a work group, I'm sure you probably said to yourself, why is Virginia, we can't put a Virginian on every sec, every single committee, uh, but um, it, it was selfish on my part uh, because when I put, uh, you know, certainly a growing a Virginia staffer on an ANVA committee, they learned so much and they were a better, VN, a better Virginia DMV employee as a result of that. So again, you know, I got, would send raw talent back and I'd have someone come back with this Rolodex of, of, of contacts across the country. So, uh, so no, it was a tremendous investment that we, uh, you know, that we uh, recouped a tremendous value from. Mm, yeah. And, you know, certainly I would imagine a longer tenure as a, as a chief administrator. I mean, all chief administrators are concerned and spend a lot of time with growing and mentoring their teams. But when you're there for so many years, when sometimes other, you know, appointed positions turn over more regularly, it becomes a different type of uh, emotional, professional investment in growing the team. Uh, and I know that you have been able to speak with our leadership academy about what does it mean to be a leader. So I, you know, want to use this opportunity to get your thoughts, especially as we know right now, the retention and recruitment challenge universal is dominating everything. So as you leave, you know, some thoughts as you look back over mentorship and, and staff development. Well, and, and, and absolutely. I can leave here uh, knowing that, you know, I, I'm leaving this uh, this agency better than I found it, mm. uh, that we have had tremendous movement. Uh, we've done a lot of things. We are first in the nation on so many, uh, so many items. Uh, but more importantly, absolutely, I can leave knowing you know, that the Pam Goheens, who uh, will be, uh, you know, uh, a region uh, two chair again mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, uh, next, you know, starting next uh, next year. And and I regret that I will not be DMV commissioner when she hosts her wonderful conference mm -hmm. down in Norfolk, but uh, she will have to lock the doors to keep me out of coming to that, uh, coming to that conference. But, uh, you know, uh, I've, uh, you know, I've got folks involved in data management, driver, vehicle, law enforcement, uh, and every one of my wonderful folks uh, are even better because of, of their exposure to AMVA. Uh, mm -hmm. uh, and, and I will also say, because uh, I've gotten, you know, some nice compliments from folks that uh, how much uh, my mentorship may have meant to them. Uh, and Ian, let me tell you, if I've had anything to do with Chrissy Neiser becoming mm -hmm. the leader that she is today, or Spencer Moore, uh, or uh, or anyone, uh, that you know, that will be feathers in my cap that I will wear forever, uh, mm -hmm. because uh, I, I can tell you, you know. Uh, the Stacy Stantons of the world were mentors to me, uh, and uh, the Betty Sarians of the world. Uh, although, yeah, I probably wouldn't say that too often. But absolutely, there were folks that I learned from uh, in the AMVA community that I still respect and still consider them friends. Uh, but I will tell you uh, honestly, Ian, I think uh, that AMVA leadership. Uh, both on the on the board, and if you look at the in you know the the line of chairs, they are in such a strong position. Mm -hmm. I thought uh, Chrissy Nizer uh, chaired that board in a remarkable way uh, just last week, and yep. I think, good Lord, Chris uh, Christina Spencer Eric uh, 
strong, strong, strong people who are uh, on the uh, cutting edge. They're bringing new ideas. Um, I, you know, I don't want to necessarily say it, but uh, but I'm learning. I have learning a lot from Chrissy, mm -hmm. uh, and I know she will say she's learned a lot from me. But um, and and you know, with with Anne and with you and so many of the wonderful staff people there, uh, you know, Anva is in I think the strongest position they've ever been, and uh, and I'm not sure we could have gotten through the pandemic without these weekly that then became monthly calls. I mean, mm -hmm. my God, the one we had. Uh, just this week and talking about uh, the FMCSA school, school bus, bus waiver, yeah. waiver uh, and just hearing from other leaders on how they're analyzing it uh, was invaluable. I mean, you know, how do you buy something like that? Right. Uh, uh, and, and I suspect uh, even when this pandemic is over, uh, you know, Anne's not going to get away without doing those monthly calls <laughs> because they have been so wonderful uh, and of course, Anne on, you know, on the week before sends out, you know, what topics do you want? And mm -hmm. every, anything that anyone wants, uh, because it's important to that person, Anne will put it on the agenda and it'll generate some good discussion. So, so yeah, I'm not sure Anne is going to be able to not do that uh, in the future because they've been so tremendously uh, helpful. Uh, and quite frankly, you know, um, you're hearing voices on those calls that are our next leaders. Uh, yes. Uh, and uh, and they are learning and they are taking a position and taking more responsibility. So it's, it's just exciting. Uh, you know, it's just exciting to, to, uh, to be part of those calls. And, and, uh, and like I said, I, I, I will miss that. Uh, yeah. But I, I will tell you, you know, I'm not going to be a horse that's going to go out to pasture. Uh, that's just going to go away quietly. Uh, I've already committed uh, uh, to, to uh, Chrissy. I will be in Baltimore. Right. Uh, and, and, and quite frankly, uh, you know, um, I don't really have any plans other than, you know, less stress, you know, a slower pace, uh, spend a little bit more time with my partner, spend a little bit more time with my dogs, uh, get get in shape, do, do a little bit more hmm. walking. But, right. uh, you know, if the right uh, Anvil associate member came along that wanted uh, some help in advocating uh, for them in front of the Anvil community, uh, that would be something I would uh, strongly consider because, you know, I, I'd love to have an opportunity to continue the friendships that I've established last century mm -hmm. uh, through the uh, through the AMVA network. Oh, well, that'll be interesting to see where that where that falls out. You know, until then, though, and I don't know that I know this or other folks know this. You know what? What are the hobbies that maybe you haven't had time to do that? You go, OK, well, other than the, the walking and time with family and dogs, are there other hobbies either that have been on hold or just aspirational? Well, I, I, I'm not sure if I call it a hobby or a passion. Uh, I mean, all things related to the University of North Carolina mm. sports. Uh, and honestly, we've uh, you know we've already started looking at spring schedules and and have looked at any time North Carolina is going to be playing in Virginia, whether it's up at uh, uh, UVA or uh, I see that they've got uh, a, a women's uh, uh, softball at at Longwood uh, University mm. in Farmville and. And, and so, uh, yeah, we're going to be spending uh, a lot more time, uh, you know, uh, uh, watch, watching sports, uh, yeah. probably going down to uh, Chapel Hill and just watching, you know, lacrosse and other spring sports. Uh, uh, yeah, I, I really enjoy walking. Uh, and, uh, you know, I've got this five mile uh, path that I uh, take uh, that I've 
you know, uh, I've sort of memorized where every rock is along that uh, path, but I want to get back uh, to that. And, uh, and I think we've got uh, an additional puppy, uh, you know, on the way at some point uh, in the future. We've, we've uh, talked to the breeder uh, that we've gotten our latest from Baxter. And we're, uh, so we're, we're, uh, you know, and obviously, you know, Puppies for someone who's 69 years old uh, is is more than a it's hobby. A bit of work, it's, yes. It's, uh, it's a it's a full time job, and yeah. it's probably not as lacking of stress that I you know that I'm I'm looking for. But, That's uh, but right. they're just really uh, taking things easy uh, and uh, and just uh, recharging my batteries and uh, you know uh, looking again looking for opportunities that I might be. Uh, might be more involved with the AMPA community in, yeah. in the future. But right now, it's just uh, uh, recharging my batteries. Great. You know, as you do that, you know, a lot of folks talk about retirement and traveling. And we don't know, of course, you know, how traveling may pan out over the next, you know, coming coming out of the pandemic we're in. Uh, but when I think, when I look back to all the conferences you've attended over the years, and certainly your year as chair, which was really travel travel demanding, as you look back, some of the, the places that maybe you would not have been able to see if not for the opportunity of working with the AMVA community. I'm curious, I mean, I'm sure there are many, but I'm curious if there's a couple that come to mind uh, that you were able to do those walks and get those pedometer steps in in places where maybe you otherwise would not have made it to. Well, absolutely. I, I'll be honest with you, and, and I don't want Rhonda to think uh, less of me for saying this. I would have had no reason in the world to go to Nebraska sure. uh, had it not been for uh, AMVA. And I am proud that I actually walked from Nebraska into Iowa mm -hmm. uh, you know, when I was there for the conference, the, the, the whole one mile, I think yep. it was, going across the bridge. Um, and, and yes, when I was chair, the richness of this country and in, in, in Canada, um, you know, I probably would have never gone to a meeting in Burlington uh, and was able to uh, be there for Rob Ide's uh, mm -hmm. Region One meeting. Mm -hmm. uh, Portland, Oregon, what a wonderful, wonderful mm -hmm. city! And uh, to be hosted by Tom McClellan yeah. uh, for the Region Four meeting. Uh, uh, you know, as you remember, I uh, you know uh, I uh, talked Ann into uh, us uh, doing the uh, uh, spring meeting in Ottawa. Yep. Um, and and so. That's, you know, and again, that's the wonderful thing about uh, AMVA is when you send a new uh, staff member to Phoenix or to Orlando or to someplace and seeing a different part of the country, meeting people from all over North America, uh, it's, it's a rich experience that they bring back with them. And so absolutely the travel uh, of AMVA related, not just when I was, uh, it was chair, but uh, yeah, uh, uh, I've, I've seen wonderful places and learned a lot about, uh, you know, I think at this point I've traveled to every state, but uh, uh, I've not been to Idaho and I've not been to North Dakota and I've not been mm. to Maine. Uh, so I need to tell the new chair of Maine. Uh, yes. She, you know, she needs to get into the uh, uh, chair chain uh, <laughs> uh, or, or the new commissioner, I'm sorry, of Maine. Uh, I, I need to tell Kathy I'd like to have an opportunity to come up to Maine. Uh, That's fantastic. Uh, but but it's, it is wonderful. And, and again, uh, it is so, uh, you know, it's so rich. And when I was chair, we, we actually took a, 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 tri a trip out to Alberta uh, and seeing mm -hmm. how, uh, 
Roger Grove and, and uh, all the wonderful people out there do things. Uh, it, it was it was a great experience, a great experience. And I want to ask you just a little bit more about that, because one of one of your particular legacies from your year as chair, and there were many, um, it was the year and it was in large part your initiative that established what is now the dedicated seat on the Anvil Board of Directors for a Canadian jurisdiction representative. There was already one for a law enforcement representative, and now the because of that effort, uh, there was the creation of the Canadian jurisdiction seat. And I think what's um, particularly interesting about it is you come from a jurisdiction that one does not necessarily think about as always interacting with Canada. You're in a region that doesn't have Canadian members. So what what was it about your background or experience that said this, this was something I wanted to focus on? Well, and, and uh, Ian, I appreciate that. And I will take that as, as an accomplishment that I'm very proud of. Yeah. And, and, and if you look at some of our sister associations, uh, you know, uh, uh, certainly IRP, uh, the International Chiefs of Police, uh, you know, they have dedicated uh, uh, Canadian seats. Uh, and, and if you look, uh, you know, that's uh, out of our 69 jurisdictions, that, that's 13 of our 69 jurisdictions. Uh, and, uh, you know, now granted, there might not be a whole lot of population in some of the provinces or some of the territories, but um, it's, 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 you know, I've, I felt that uh, it was an important enough aspect of our association uh, mm -hmm. that we needed to give them a dedicated seat uh, at, at the board. Because you're right, it, there's always a chance that you could have someone from Region 1 uh, or Manitoba in Region 3 or uh, one of the Canadian uh, uh, jurisdictions for Region 4, but uh, there were years that we were not, did not have a Canadian. Uh, and, and gosh, when Heidi Francis, uh, mm -hmm. and you remember she was, uh, you know, she was on the board previously, but then she filled, she was the first one to fill that Canadian seat. And she brought so much, uh, so much to the board. Uh, and Roger Grove is going to do the same way from, yeah. from Alberta. So I'm, I was you know, proud of that. I think it's, it's, it's worked well. Uh, I think it's kept those uh, members engaged and they have seen the value. And, but also I think that it, because how many times, you know, in the past would we have an AMBO board meeting and we're talking about the states and yeah. we're talking about, you know, and we forget that 13 of our jurisdictions weren't states. That's right. uh, and, and, and so now it's, it's, it's so remarkable to hear people just talk about the AMBO jurisdictions. Yeah. Um, and uh, Anne always does such a great job to make sure, particularly on these monthly calls, uh, to recognize uh, when our Canadian, uh, you know, when our Canadian jurisdictions are, are participating. And so, so no, I, I, I think it was the right thing to do. The, obviously, the majority of the uh, membership thought that as, as well. There yeah. was some opposition, but uh, uh, we got it, you know, we got it done. And, and I'm, I'm pleased. Uh, and again, to have someone of the caliber of Roger Grove uh, occupying that seat at this point, uh, just, you know, just makes it even more, uh, more special for me. Yeah. Well, Rick, I think with your background, history, and you know lessons learned, we could probably fill up another two hours of what you've learned and what you've given, and how the so many of us in the community are better for having known you and uh, learned from you and watched you um, and been able to interact with you. And I'll I'll add myself to that list of you know personal growth um, through the opportunity to have worked with you, um, whether it was as chair, whether it was as treasurer, or you know even as when you weren't in those leadership roles, just, just being Rick or being Rick across the street at the trucking association, <laughs> yeah, yes, right? all, yes, all of the above. And I will um, 
look forward to not only keeping in touch, but I think I already owe you at least one Manhattan and now I'll just yes, uh, keep the tab running. Okay. And, and Ian, just, uh, I'll end this, uh, like the way that, uh, when I left the chair and y'all did that wonderful little piece on me where, uh, I think you had me quoted saying Virginia at least 20 or 30 times. So I will say Virginia, 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 Virginia. Uh, and, and that, and let that be my last, uh, my last word. So thank you. And, uh, thank you for having me on, uh, today and thank you for, uh, our friendship uh, and uh, our working relationship over the last, uh, I started last century. Absolutely. Um, and uh, we'll continue, uh, you know, continue uh, on into the future. So thank no you. Congratulations. We all aspire to put in those retirement papers someday and are just uh, so grateful to be part of your journey. So with that, everybody, thanks for listening. Um, if you, uh, and I guess I should have asked you, Rick, I'm sorry, if people do want to send you congratulations now that you are, no longer at the Virginia DMV. Uh, how how must, might they best follow up with you and uh, share their well wishes? Yeah, let, let me, uh, you know, let me just give you my personal email. Uh, and, and even though I've always been committed to technology, when I give you my email address, you can say I'm a dinosaur, uh, but it's rholcomb, H-O-L-C-O-M-B, at AOL.com. There it is. Uh, so yeah, I'm one of those dinosaurs <laughs> that still has my original email address that I set up in the 90s, but uh, I, I get I'd it. Be happy to hear from any of my colleagues. Uh, just send it to that email address. Yeah, people laugh at me with my Yahoo email as well. So I'm not, <laughs> not too far behind. All right. Thanks, everybody. Thanks to our producers, Claire Jeffrey and Chelsea Hadwin. And we'll see you back here next week on the Amphicast. Until then, stay well, everyone. Thank you for joining us for Amphicast, hosted by Ian Grossman, produced by Claire Jeffrey. Music by Gibson Arthur. This episode was brought to you by Recall Buzz, powered by VinSmart. Visit us at amvacast.podbean.com and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, and Spotify.